0: Virtual Recollection, where we tell stories about video games and the people who play them. I'm your host, Janessa. Today's episode is about Magic the Gathering. For those of you listening who don't know or aren't familiar, Magic the Gathering is, at a very high level, a trading card game. In a typical match, players engage in a sort of wizard battle, and instead of wizard, you'd actually hear the term planeswalker, using different classes and characters of cards to best their opponent. Since it was first published in 1993, it's attracted over 20 million players worldwide. It's a massive community. Oftentimes, you'll hear the game's full name shortened to simply Magic, or even abbreviated to MTG, which is also largely what you'll hear me call it throughout the podcast. This probably doesn't surprise you, but I am one of those 20 million people playing Magic. I'm still fairly new at the game, but I love it. And I think everyone should play it at least once. So I decided to make an episode as both an introduction to and a celebration of the community. This podcast is in two parts first, you'll hear from players from all walks of Magic the Gathering talk about what they love about the community, why they joined, and what are some of the challenges in the community today. In the second part of our show, we go out into the wild world of Magic to see what kind of welcoming committee there is for someone who is interested in learning more about playing the game. This is the first time I've ever done any quote-unquote field work. It was a really fun section to record and you won't want to miss it. So without further ado, Welcome to Virtual Recollection. The best way to get to know a community is through its people. In this act, we hear what three players of Magic the Gathering from various levels of experience and tenure love the game, why they started playing, and what some of the challenges they face are. First up, we hear from Lauren. Lauren is relatively new to Magic. She's been playing for a little over a year and recently started to participate in tournaments. Spoiler alert, she is quite possibly the cutest human on the planet, and it is very likely that your mood will be dramatically increased after her interview.
1: I got into... Magic the Gathering, because I started dating this really nice guy named Jonio, and he's a huge magic nerd. And he told me that on our first date, and I literally was like, "What are you talking about? I don't have any knowledge or idea. Unless you're like pulling rabbits out of hats, I don't know what you're talking about." And he kind of got into it, told me it was this card game, yada yada. And fast forward, maybe six months later. We had started playing games like just board games and other types of deck building games. And I kept being always asking about magic. Like, is that something that I could play? Because you're super into it. And he's like, it's a little intense, but we'll get there someday. We're going to build up to it. And then flash forward again. And now I'm loving playing it. Uh, We played probably at the kitchen table or however you say it. um for another six months and then I was ready to get down and go to my first event. So it sounds like Magic started as
0: this interest in the guy you're dating's into it so you're interested because he's really into it. When did it transition into you're no longer interested because he's interested but you also really start to love the game yourself?
1: Yeah I guess it It also was something that was interesting, but also this like unattainable, like so nerdy that I could never do it kind of thing. So I once I was like exposed to the gameplay, I guess he sat me down and showed me everything and it was so overwhelming, like I had no idea what was going on. But once I started to get into it, maybe like the third or fourth time that we played it became less of wow this is way over my head and more of like oh my god I love winning at this like this is kind of awesome. <laughs> he still teases me to this day because I really get butt hurt when I lose but I love 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 to win against him. <laughs> I guess just the experience of being not being as much of a noob is when I became, like, kind of hooked and really interested. So that was the turning point for me. And I'm definitely still there now where I just want to play against more and more people, not just to win by any means, but to get better and just learn from my mistakes and be able to, like, just dominate. (laughs) Can you describe what it was like the first time that you weren't just playing at
0: the kitchen table, that you went into a card store And you were gonna play competitively?
1: For some reason we didn't pick like a tiny little event that might be like comfortable and chill for my first um, magic event outside of the house, Uh, but we actually went to a charity magic event that was put on by Cassius Marsh who's one of the Seahawks who is like apparently really into magic. It was like a $30 event, it all goes towards charity, and it was at Moxon Bellevue, which is a really amazing place. And I got there and there's like a room for magic and there's like a hundred people in there, just like wall to wall people. I'm like, ah, oh my God. I was really intimidated, I was like so anxious. My belly was like all in knots, I was like, semi-shaking in my chair like about to play the first person but it was really 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 exhilarating I had like so much adrenaline and I beat the first dude that I played and then I almost beat the second guy who I played which was like um okay so the event there were a bunch of people who uh came from Wizards and there was maybe like five Wizards employees who were there and I played a dude who I later found out was like magic celebrity in Seattle, but I had no idea. Do you remember his name? I It might have been, like, Mark or Mike or something. Um, but, yeah, that's how little I knew. But afterwards, Johnny was like, oh, my gosh, you played that guy. He was like, did he tell you anything? I was like, he just said, like, keep playing, like, yada, yada. I don't know. I was too nervous to even hear what he was saying. But it was a really good experience, despite being one of three girls out of those 100 people which it was me a girl my age um and then like a girl my grandmother's age literally I was like you look like my grandma you look super cute I love you thank you for being here I didn't say that to her but I said it to her in my brain but besides being the only one of the only girls I at no point felt like it was an intimidating or even male dominated environment for some reason and I was talking with Johnny about this but it might just be me but I don't end up thinking about that as much as maybe I not that I should but that seems normal I don't know I guess I feel really even like the battlefield is super even literally when you're playing people at magic at tournaments so far I haven't had any trouble with that.
0: I mean, I've been in the gaming community for as long as I can remember, but I have recently realized that subconsciously when I go to conventions, when I go to arcades, game stores, I look for other women in the room. Do you do the same thing when you go to events or stores or anything?
1: So I haven't... So I've only done two events, actually, two magic events. And whenever I go to these things, I'm with my boyfriend. If it's, you know, shops or arcades, I guess, or anything like that. So I think his presence is makes it so I don't worry about being excluded because he is so including of everyone, not just women, but every single person. So I never think about it if I'm not in the magic sphere, but I'm comparing my first experience to my second magic event playing outside of the house. And There was probably 15, 20 people and they were all guys, but I never really thought about it again because I was just so (laughs) dead set on how nervous I was and how much I wanted to play that it wasn't being the only woman was less of a focus, um... It was put in the backseat to my like anxiety and excitement to play.
0: A lot of the research I've been doing, articles and the Reddit threads that come to the surface when you type in women in Magic the Gathering all have to do with negative experiences. It's really refreshing to talk to you and you say that all of this, as you so nicely put, is in the backseat, sometimes not even in your mind.
1: I think also it has to do with the fact that since I am so focused on my chances of winning or playing the best I can to, you know, get a win in that day, that I actually have walked away like 50-50 wins and losses in my, again, two events, but still, that's big for me. So the fact that I am doing well and that. I sit down and there's no doubt in my mind that I have a chance. Like, I can definitely do this. I can achieve my goal, win this match against this dude or who whomever. That gives me a lot more reason to forget about the fact that I'm the only woman in the room and focus on. I'm gonna crush this guy with my aggro deck. Like, you're gonna be impressed and you're not gonna know what's coming. How does playing magic make you feel that other hobbies might not? Yeah, this is an easy question to answer because I feel like ever since I was young, I realized that sports weren't for me. Like, I don't have, I do have a competitive nature in me, but I never was comfortable like going against another team or yada yada or going one on one, like competitiveness and conflict for me is something that I don't like, like I avoid at all costs really. So being able to be comfortable and embrace and super love a game where competition is the main, like, pivotal factor to the gameplay. I don't know, I just, I kind of fell into magic and I was like, wow, I can feel good about kicking this person's ass or getting my butt kicked. And it's not, like, a physical feat for me. You know, I'm not, like, putting myself on the line for, I don't know, hitting a softball or some crap. Like, that never worked for me and now magic i'm like honing in on this competitive streak that i have inside of me that i never anywhere else get to let loose so i don't know it means a lot to me
0: For those of you listening that may not have experience with doing a podcast, finding people to interview is sometimes really hard. For some reason, this didn't occur to me until maybe three episodes into VRcast. Thankfully, there's this thing called the internet, and on it, a plethora of ways to find new, interesting people who actually do want to share their stories with you. This is how I met Leah. I did an open call on Reddit for Players of Magic the Gathering, and she stepped up to the plate. We exchanged contact information, and I set up a call on Skype. Okay, Sue. So I'm about to call this complete stranger from the internet to do an interview. Hi. Hi, um, this is Janessa from Reddit. Okay, yeah, not my smoothest introduction, but I'm still kind of working on talking to strangers, which you will hear even more of later in the podcast. Leah has been playing Magic for a bit longer than Lauren.
2: I started playing, let's see... The first time that I ever went to a tournament was um, a draft of Triple Alara Reborn, which is not you know not a set that's supposed to be. That's not a real draft format. Um, I forgot to put mountains in my deck when I was playing red, black, green, so <laughs> I did pretty poorly at that draft. But I've been playing a little bit before that casually um, with my friends. My brother taught me. My history with MTG is a little bit weird. You know, it, it's pretty. It's going to be different from the histories that I think um, uh, a lot of cis women have with it, because I think my brother and other people were much more willing to teach me because I was male-presenting at that point in time. Um, but I've been playing. I played in tournaments a lot from Alara Reborn. That was in about two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine area. And I've been in a lot of tournaments for the next four or five years. And then I've been kind of fading in and out competitive. But I've started to go to more stuff again recently, um, which I've been quite enjoying.
0: When you would do competitive tournaments like this, what was the demographic of the people who attended?
2: I mean, Magic is a really at competitive tournaments. Well, not, at, not even at competitive tournaments, just at any tournament at all. Magic is a really male-dominated game. It's very hard to find uh, other women who play. And that was especially true back when I was playing in like the 2009 to 2012, 13 era. Recently, it's become a little bit easier. I think there are slightly more women than back then. It has a lot of white people, a lot more than other trading card games I've played, and lots of high schoolers and college-age people. Although Magic, you know, you also get older players who are in their late 20s, late 30s, and older There's a lot of people of all ages who play it. The reason
0: why I chose Magic the Gathering is because I like to play it too. I'm terrible. Let's not even pretend that I'm any good. But I've only ever played in this group in my city called Lady Planeswalkers. I've only ever played with women. I'm not sure why I went that route. I think because I knew I was going to be terrible. I wanted to be in a space that may have come off as a little bit more welcoming. I I don't know.
2: (laughs) I mean, I definitely understand that because... Magic players can be pretty cutthroat sometimes. You know, it's a community which is a lot of fun because it's a fun game, but it's a community which, in my experience, is not the most friendly community at the competitive level. You know, there's a lot of money involved in the game, so people kind of have this sort of, you know, this, like, money complex of, like, you know, my deck is more expensive than yours or something. It's very easy to see when somebody's made a misplay. But it is a game that's, of course, a lot of fun when you get together with people who are just trying to do goofy things. And it's a lot of fun if you're willing to take the heat of competitive play, I guess, uh, which is which is sometimes really, really nasty, especially towards women. You know, um, like people using uh, pussy as a slur in the magic community is still still fairly common. Is it really? Yeah. I mean, I've heard it. I haven't heard it used at me, but I've heard it. I was at a tournament maybe no more than a couple of months ago where somebody tossed out faggot as a slur against somebody. Uh, and I was like sitting two feet away from them. And I was like, oh my God, dude, like Jesus. The stuff like that still definitely, that that's still definitely a thing that certainly deters All types of people, uh, but women especially.
0: You mentioned something about there's a lot of money going around in tournaments. Is that only because some cards are so expensive and then people buy them and put them in their deck? Or is it there's a lot of money to win in tournaments?
2: I, I think it's because of the former. I mean, there is money to win in tournaments, but it's very much like, you know, if you have... I mean, the best cards are the most expensive, usually. And so, you know, if you have more money then you can buy better cards, usually you have a better deck and frequently um, it makes you appear to be, or you actually are, a better player as a result of that. So there's sort of like a class thing where it's like, you know, I have access to these cards because I have this amount of money and that, you know, that has like a social dynamic to it.
0: So it sounds like there's, could be some kind of class system also woven into this tournament uh, ecosystem?
2: Uh, yeah, a, a little bit. So, like for example, I'm also really involved in the fighting game community. I play a lot of Super Smash Brothers, and like in the fighting game community, it's much, much less obvious. Like you can't tell someone's ability to engage with the game on like a financial level. It's just not obvious because you know everybody's there. They're playing the same game. It's not like you can spend more money to just become a better player. I mean, you can buy the DLC, but. That's pretty much the end of it. Whereas in Magic, you know, you sit down against somebody who their deck is all foil or they're playing, you know, the most expensive deck in the format. And there's it tells you something. And it's something that people sometimes try to use to intimidate other people. You know, this might make it sound like the community is really negative And it, it is true that there's negative aspects to it. I like the community more than I dislike it. Obviously, I still play the game. But that's a thing that certainly affects it.
0: Right. I think every community can come with its downsides, no matter how overall positive it is. But the general consensus that I'm getting from people is that they love the community. And um, overall, it's a good one to be a part of. And it sounds like you agree with that, too.
2: Yeah, I have. um, You know, when I first started going to tournaments, I met some people who I'm still really good friends with. And I've done a bunch of stuff outside of tournaments with because they're hilarious. You know, they're amazing people. Um, They're super cool, and they become some of my best friends. So, you know, I I definitely would not want to scare people away from the community.
0: (laughs) Leah writes poetry and just finished a chapbook, which is a collection of poems that she has written. You can read her chapbook by sending her an email at leahwasacz at yahoo.com. I totally lucked out and, aside from Leah, received another offer from an internet stranger to be on the podcast. This is Vanessa. After we had the, oh, you're Vanessa, I'm Janessa introduction, Vanessa shared her experience as a woman in the gaming community. I run into people, like, they ask me, like, oh, how how did you get into this? It's like...
3: I don't even know how to respond. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I just like this stuff. It's almost like I need a reason or there has to be some grand story of how did I get into all this? How did I get into gaming? How did I get into all this? It's like, like they look at me like how how did you get into this and it's kind of like like everybody else i first learned how to play actually from my then boyfriend back in high school back in uh 2001 so back in 2001 um it was somewhere around uh invasion block there was like ice age around that time um and those cards were when i started playing uh, he taught me and we would basically cut class and play magic. That's basically just how nerdy we were. Um, but it was fun. It was challenging, it was very different. Prior to that, I was already a video gamer, but it was just something it was something different. It was something new I never learned before,
0: and I got into it. Cutting class to play magic cards has got to be one of those badass things.
3: <laughs> you know, yeah, we would basically just cut class or, you know, just play after school, play in the library or just play outside, you know, sitting cross-legged, but that's what we did.
0: Was magic something that you immediately fell in love with, or was it once you started to get the hang of it, then you really started to enjoy it?
3: It's hard to say, you know, honestly, it's been a long time, but let's see, I'm trying to think now. It's been a while, so I don't remember exactly from when I first started playing, but I liked the challenge of it. I liked how different it was compared to, I guess, looking at my TV screen and, you know, just having my opponent in front of me. Um, and reading the cards. I, I remember being very overwhelmed at first because it does have different mechanics. And for me, I was naturally just anxious about things. So that kind of maybe skewed it a little bit, but. But uh, but when I got back into Magic, because I definitely had gaps of time where I wasn't playing. And every time I played again, and, you know, my friends and I, at first we played just our play group. Um, I liked the new mechanics. I was like learning. There was always something new about the game to learn. And when I got back into Magic, back in, like, like consistently since about uh 2012 really i like the community that i have in my area um you know when i started going down to my local game shop it really made a lot of fun and competing at friday night magic and everything but the thing i like most about the game is just um it's just challenging it, it definitely is challenging and I, and I like the challenge of it and figuring things out almost like chess.
0: Yeah, that sounds very familiar to me. The thing that I find most satisfying with Magic, and granted, I've only been playing maybe like a year, is it felt like you had to command this army. And I found that very strategic and very, very satisfying. Yeah, it's very strategic. That's a really good way to put it. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to, because you, you're trying to do
3: your strategy because that's the thing, when you deck build, you know, you're building around a strategy and you're trying to complete your strategy versus someone else's strategy. And you're both at odds and it really makes it challenging because you, know, you don't know what they're drawing, you don't know what's gonna come next. So it, may, it makes it kind of fun in that
0: sense. How long were you playing only with your boyfriend before you started playing against strangers? And was that an interesting jump for you? And the reason why I say that is I remember, because I started first started playing Magic the Gathering with a friend of mine and I would play with him and I got to know his table manners and his mannerisms. And the first time I played against a complete stranger, it was really interesting to me because some things that I did that my friend let slide, maybe I didn't do a rule at the right time or do it the right way the stranger would comment or call out on it was an interesting adaptation for me so i'm curious if anyone else has had that experience before
3: um yeah that's a good point you know compared to when you're playing with friends and you're playing casually you know if you step into an environment where uh you are playing competitively uh people will point out you know oh you can't do that or you you know you you know, they definitely will point things out to you. Um, and that's perfectly within their right because, you know, you are playing within the rules of the game when you're playing competitively, it is different than, you know, you're just messing around with your friends and, you know, they don't care if you know, Oh, you they forgot, you forgot the land drop and, you know, they still let you drop it even though it's not a legal move, but it's definitely different, uh, playing with friends versus strangers or people. I don't know as well. I definitely have my guard up and trying to think of, Oh, my turn, trying to do things correctly and in the right order. Um, It definitely is more challenging because for me, I'm a little more anxious as a person. So that can actually kind of make me stall. And I also try not to take too long. There are opponents that I've had that they stall and it's like, all right, let's hurry up. You know, you also have the right to kind of speak up about it as well. So and it is challenging compared to other forms of gaming where, you know, like if you're in a Hearthstone, for instance, um, you know, you, you get roped out of your turn if you're not making a move. You know, there is a specific time limit and compared to Magic where you kind of really have to just be mindful of how long you're taking um, and how long you're looking for cards. If you play a spell that you look through your entire deck. You definitely have to have an idea of what you're looking for before you play that kind of tutoring spell before, you know, making that kind of move or else, you know, you're you're going to frustrate them. And that
0: can make you um, a frustrating opponent, in my opinion. Vanessa agrees that overall, the magic community is a good one to be a part of, but she still sees some challenges. There could
3: definitely be kind of a looking down on me, whether it's by their mannerisms or the way they talk to me. Uh, to be perfectly honest, or they don't expect much of me. I remember uh, very early on, um, this is back when it was a gate crash on Ravnica in that block a couple of years ago, I was at a Friday night magic. Um, and I was, I was playing competitively. I had a deck that that I built and I was, you know, I was, I was there to win. Um, I was based, I was basically versus this guy that's considered one of the quote unquote pro players. He does go to like the GPs and tours and stuff like that. And, um, and basically what happened was, is he swung all out at me and I had to choose if I was going to block or, you know, not block, and, you know, make my move on the next turn. I had to look at my hand and basically I figured out that I could take the damage and then I could win next turn. And it actually took him by surprise because I declared no blocker. So I took all the damage and, you know, he passed his turn and then I was actually able to take that game off him. And, you know, you played two out of three and honestly, he still won that round because, you know, he did sideboard and he expected me to, you know, it was just the fact that he was, he did have to think, okay, I do have to actually play versus this person, you know, and actually think about his strategy versus me. But there are situations like that where, you know, they just don't expect it of me. And, and even then, I do still make mistakes and stuff like that. But, you know, they don't say, oh, it's just because I'm a girl or at least I don't get that impression most of the time. But every now and then someone that maybe doesn't know I'm a regular there, they might treat me, you know, like, like I said, like kind of just looking down on me. But nothing too overly negative, I've noticed.
0: When she's not playing magic, Vanessa is an artist. You can find her work at facebook.com slash X-N-E-S-S-I-E-B. For the second part of our episode, you never know until you try. I thought it would be interesting to see for myself what the experience might be for someone who shows interest in learning how to play Magic the Gathering. So, as a sort of social experiment, I went to some game stores in the city I live in to see how easy, or maybe not easy, it would be for a newbie and their introduction to the community. Before we go on this adventure together, I'd like to acknowledge some of the privileges that I have, which may or may not have played an influence in the following experiences you're about to hear. First off, I am a moderately attractive woman, which I know for a fact will affect how I am treated in certain situations, specifically within the gaming spaces. Second, I'm white, and with that comes a lot of privilege that, unfortunately, benefits me every day and a lot of the time without me ever noticing. If you're confused by what I just said, I encourage you to be curious about the subject of white privilege and learn more about it. To get you started, I'll put a link to a document by Peggy McIntosh titled Unpacking the Invisible Knapsack in the description of this podcast. I decided to start this adventure at Guardian Games, one of the biggest game stores in Portland, Oregon. Okay, so... Outside Guardian Games. I have no plan. It's kind of how I do it. Um, Let's just see how this goes. Let's see how this goes. Okay, let's do it. Oh, it's busy typical for Guardian, especially on the weekends. The store consists of one main large open room with a huge selection of board games lining the walls, about a dozen or so long tables in the back, half of the main room for gaming purposes, and a back room for 21 and over where you can order and drink beer while you play. I I take a loop around the store And start to notice something interesting you might have missed what I just uttered but I said I don't see a whole bunch of magic which is incredibly odd I walk around for a bit more just to be sure and I start to get a little self conscious that I look out of place so I wander over to their magic counter they have in the back and catch the attention of one of the folks behind the counter ask you a question. Um, i kind of like to get into playing magic, so I'm wondering if you have like a schedule. Okay, so I sort of lied, but I was curious what sort of spiel I would get if I were truly a newbie. In short, the gentleman who helped me was incredibly helpful. He listed a few specific days that would be good for a beginner for Magic to attend, gave me a calendar of the store's upcoming events for me to have, and recommended a few Magic groups who were especially beginner friendly. Shout out to the Lady Planeswalkers. I'd like to note that none of this behavior from Guardian Games employees is terribly surprising to me. Every employee I've met at Guardian is legendary status nice and enjoyable and genuinely wants you to have a good time when you're there. I also also want to clarify that Guardian Games is not a sponsor of the show in any way. This is just me speaking from personal experience. I excuse myself and try one more time to find someone, anyone, playing magic. He was incredibly helpful. Now I want to do all this magic stuff. i so, someone playing Slightly problematic, isn't it? Problematic is right. I take one last loop around the store before I accept defeat. I just spent five minutes walking around the store, and there is no one playing magic right now. It's like 2 p.m. on a Sunday. The place is packed, and no one's playing magic. It's weird. It's probably the first time in a long time. So, uh, I don't know. Go to a new store? games. Different store, town. I've actually never been in this store before, so, um, let's see how it goes. As you can tell, it's on a real busy road. But, uh, here's something. Red Castle is smaller than Guardian, but still has an impressive selection of board games and a huge playing area in the back, where I think I see a few people playing Magic. It's also pretty busy here as well. There's less space to wander around, so I approach one of their employees. Do you actually, quick question, do you have any kind of events for like, I kind of know magic, but I like to learn to play more? This time around, I was more truthful. Just like Guardian Games, the Red Castle employee was also incredibly kind and helpful. And just like Guardian Games, Red Castle had a lot of opportunities for new Magic the Gathering players to participate. The employee shows me a big board hanging on the back wall with rules everyone playing in the store must follow. In a nutshell, be nice to others, or you'll have to leave. Pretty cool. The few folks playing Magic were engaged in what looked to be a very serious match, so to be polite, I didn't interfere. It's embarrassingly clear that I didn't do my research beforehand, because if I had, I wouldn't have bothered making the trek to Guardian and then Red Castle in the first place. Consider that a lesson learned. I accepted temporary defeat and went back to Guardian Games the next day. I'm actually in Guardian Games again. And I'm trying to work up the courage to ask some people who are playing Magic if I can watch them play Magic, and then maybe went over their trust to ask them questions. This is really scary because approaching strangers is the worst. <sighs> okay, I'm just going to do it. Here we go. I tentatively waddle up to a table where a couple of guys are between games, stand there awkwardly for what feels like an excruciating amount of time, and finally speak up.
1: Is there, sorry, is there like a tournament going on?
4: Uh, yeah, I don't have a modern tournament. Oh, okay. You do modern you like
0: six
4: months or
0: something. Right?
4: Um, you played that, or are you just learning still? I'm uh, kind of just
5: like observing,
0: still learning. I don't really know all the. Time. Uh, you can, watch us play. Yeah. can I watch this play? Can I? I have another
4: deck as well, if you'd like to. Oh sweet! Is it? Can I just like hang out here? Yeah, we're
0: not through yet. That was actually way, way easier than I thought it was going to be. I sat with the guys for a while. They took plenty of time to answer any questions that I had and clarify the cards they were using and any rules that I might be missing. What is the um, demographic percentage do you mostly play against guys? How many women are I'd in the I'd say combat? it's well, about 85% dudes. About 85% dudes?
4: Yeah, well, there's a lot more males I've played against recently, at least in this area. Mm-hmm. There are a few women I've played against. just not as many.
0: Yeah. It you
4: know, all the varies. Probably the format and the store. I'm not sure exactly.
0: Why do you think there aren't as many women playing, just your personal um, opinion? From
4: a viewpoint, uh,
5: At least from my viewpoint, I would believe it's because it's such a competitive format and it's much more natural for a a dude to be competitive about something than a, a female.
0: Yeah. I don't really know how much I agree with this, but I didn't say anything
5: that's what, at least my
4: take on it I was going say that aren't of females in no, no, no I'm, I'm totally I saying yeah. that's so fine you, but. if you look at Melissa Mil- it? yeah. yeah. del Toro it's one of the primary ones you gotta look at
0: oh yeah Melissa's well, rad
4: yeah, she, of course she moved into the R&D and company works so she can't play much magic anymore
5: yeah
4: uh, but there's another one I recently I haven't seen for a while and Yeah, I just mostly I've seen more males in the area play magic and I just haven't
0: what do you guys like most about the community? Like, what do you like most about playing Magic?
4: Uh, give,
5: well, first of all, it gives my uh, friends a reason to do things. <laughs> <laughs> most of my
0: friends... So it's spending time with your friends. Yeah, yeah.
5: pretty much. Yeah. And then, like, Being showing, friends. showing. Uh, I, the, the, what I like about Magic the most is uh, making, making decks and making them work together, mm. and finding little cool things you can do with the cards together. Uh, Pretty much just showing your friends how uh, how cool these little things interact and stuff like that. That's
4: pretty much my enjoyment. That's how I uh, yeah. Yeah. something to do, something to hang out with friends, yeah. make friends. I've met quite a few friends here, hang out with them.
0: Yeah, it looks like you've been playing for a while. You both have been. You both look very. When I was very in the military. Good
4: was In the military,
5: I didn't know what magic was really, I just knew it was something that's close to Yu Gi Oh! <laughs> and then, uh, and then, like, all of my sergeants I was a computer programmer for the Air Force, so a lot of them were nerds. All of my sergeants and superiors got together at lunch and forced me to play magic with them, <laughs> and uh, so I did that for like three years, and eventually, I got good at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: I got, I got into college back in '09, which is almost 10 years. Something like. Just something I got, got meet some people, got to know some stuff, learn something I like, something I've enjoyed for the last few years.
3: Yeah.
4: It's a fun thing to learn. Yeah. Have fun with
0: The tournament is about to start, so I bid farewell to my new Magic friends and leave Guardian Games. Doing research for this episode, I asked a few of my guy friends who play magic what they thought would be interesting to hear in the podcast. Almost all said it would be interesting to hear what women who play magic think men, or anyone for that matter, could do to make the space more inclusive.
2: A couple of kind of simple things. Obviously, there are certain slurs and insults that I think turn away a lot of people. Stuff like using pussy as an insult, using gay as an insult, which is super common, like that, harder that day. Okay, that happens. Uh, Less common than it used to be, but it still happens. That's, you know, that's obviously a mean thing to do to queer women and to queer people in general, using faggot as an insult. Stuff like that uh, is a behavior thing that individual people can definitely change and encourage other people to change. One thing that's happened to me specifically as a trans lady is that people frequently um, assume, people frequently like they misgender me because I don't pass particularly well, even though I try. And I've definitely been in situations where I encountered people who I think were trying to guess what my pronouns were, but didn't want to ask. So I would say that for trans people and trans women in the community, if you are in doubt, um, please just ask for someone's pronouns, because uh, it might seem like a rude thing to do, but uh, it is pretty much the most considerate way to deal with meeting a trans person. And I would be over the rainbow if somebody asked me my pronouns when they weren't sure what they were. And then, of course, respect those pronouns
1: i think the key to i guess the advice that i would give to male magic players obviously if they're in a position to where they're saying to you man i wish i knew what i could do to make this more inclusive that's already like worlds and steps ahead of just the general mindset i would think um for dude magic players but I think just not treating women differently when they sit down across from you is something that I appreciate, although I'm not a man and I don't know how men treat each other, I guess, um, when they sit down to play. You know, I'd say that guys should not be afraid to speak up to other guys
3: if someone is being um, fresh with a woman or maybe is being condescending to a woman, um, that sort of thing. I mean, even though I work at my shop, like I overhear other guys like, Oh, I don't, I don't bring my fiance here or my girlfriend here. You know, like they expect something's going to happen to her even if they bring her there. And it's just kind of like this weird kind of, they still have like a weird, I don't know, like a thought process of what could happen to the women they know. That they're afraid that they're afraid of, I guess, happening to them, you know, and it seems strange, you know, cause I can't think of any situation that's happened, but I think there's still kind of that thing in the back of, you know, most people's minds. And it's, and at the same time, it's like, you know, you can also protect that person and, um, speak up for them basically to not be afraid to like, just speak up for them. Because I do, even as a woman, I do feel sometimes, um, afraid to speak up for myself, I guess sometimes, or, you know, and it's like, you know, I would like someone else to step in if, you know, someone is being a little weird or what could be considered creepy, you know, like it's, but it's very rare. It's a lot more rare than I think people expect.
0: When I reached the end of recording this episode, something was bugging me. As you probably picked up so far, the gender imbalance is very real in the magic community, especially in competitive spaces. But there's another issue this episode is not addressing, and that's the representation for people of color in the community, or serious lack thereof. This certainly isn't because people of color don't want to play magic. There are a lot of factors that play into this, but the one that's on the forefront of my mind is, I'm wondering just how welcome of a space it is for them. If I as a white woman walk into a game store and feel intimidated by a room full of mostly men who are predominantly white, I can't imagine what kind of discomfort that is for a person of color, especially a woman of color. Discrimination and equal representation are complex topics meant for a discussion that I as a white woman shouldn't be leading. I do want to support it. I could have left this with a focus on women in the community, but I wanted to say something. Even just to get the conversation started. So this is where we stand. Magic the Gathering has a great community full of people who are kind and interesting and genuinely want to teach others how to play. But at the same time, we've got to take a look in the mirror and ask ourselves, are we really doing everything we can to make the community a welcome space for everyone, regardless of gender, race, or sexual orientation? I don't think so. There's definitely room for improvement. On today's show was composed by Matt Hunter, also known as Mechlo. That's spelled M-E-C-H-L-O. You can find his music at mechlo.bandcamp.com and at soundcloud.com slash mechlo. Our special musical guest was Garbage Cannon, officially one of my favorite names for a band ever. You can find their music at soundcloud.com slash garbagecanon. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, subscribe to our channel to hear more. You can hear us on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast streaming service under VRCast Virtual Recollection. Now continue.